Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we review our favorite RPGs, collectible card games, MMOs, video games, PC games, and bring up interesting topics and things that we'd like to share with everyone. Sit back and enjoy the show. This is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. But we don't want that to happen, so... Um, Madame Askew and myself have put ourselves into the running for Co-Monarch. Yes, and, um, and you can donate um, a dollar to get one vote for any candidate of your choice. And you can donate as many dollars as you like. And okay. vote as often as you like. And if you vote for us, you get a special, unique, one-of-a-kind, or not one-of-a-kind, but a, of a limited sedition button. Button. Okay, button. I, I want that button. No, but yeah. you also need to know what these people are doing. They already have one of those. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You need so to know. There are a few different candidates. You can vote for everyone. You can just vote for one person. You can collect your swag. Vote you know, it early and often. Yes. So, but it is charity, and all of the proceeds, um, 100% of the funds go directly to Kids Need to Read. So. so, you can also get votes for trading in uh, new books. So in unused books can be also traded for two books. That's right. So, so you can see the emphasis is on and that's the, all going to be at the high chaparral. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's, it's a nice trip because not only do you get to, to participate in the charity event, but there are the steampunk groups out there, so you can see what other people are doing. Now, do you do you live here in Tucson? So I run the Tucson Steampunk Society. You do, you do. So, you know, we just have to come out with us on a regular basis. And how do we find you online? On, on, yes. on Facebook. So there's the TSS, which is the Tucson Steampunk Society, on Facebook. But there's also Madame Askew's Temporal Entourage, which is our personal group yes. that involves me. Because I have moved to Oceania. So we... Um, so far. Madame Sue and myself do some do a number of tea dueling events all over the country and all over the I mean We've world. expanded to Canada. We we are international <laughs> at this point. Oh, uh, I live in Seattle. Uh. so um, okay. so I live in Seattle now, but um, we have events that we do in California and we do we do events in Canada. Yes. And um, and on Friday and on Fridays, and fri- and Fridays, we do it on the interwebs. We do a live cast on Fridays, a live virtual tea party Friday evening. Where we talk about um, the activity of the day or Hello, teas that we're trying, things like that. So, I think it's probably about time. Um, would you like to sit down, Mike, sir? All oh, right. Good. Good. Well, thank you, 
joining us. So welcome everyone. How delightful. We want to give a few moments because this is the first panel slot of the day. Right, we want to give some like patience for the people who are right. late. <laughs> and also and because... Slothful. 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 That's oh. my way. Oh, there you are, you sloth demon, you. Welcome, included, 
um, never minimized, never, you know, I would say that sometimes you might be forgotten because there's a crush and that's not meant to be mean. And that sometimes someone may feel, you know, down or distraught or blue and there's nothing you can do about that. But while you may not be able to create a perfect exchange every time, if you understand certain underlying fundamentals of social engagement, then you can always be warm. You can always open your own sort of personal social door and say, join me at your leisure when it's comfortable for you. Making, I'm here, I'm making space for you. Making space and, and creating an equitable social contract that meets the needs of both the, both participants, which is the, and that's what the focus of most etiquette is, is to build, the rules are subject to interpretation and they're based on the needs of the culture. And the need of a culture for steampunk, in my opinion, is to build one of inclusion, community, and love. Absolutely, and we're very <laughs> fond of love, by the by. We love love. We love love as almost as much as we love tea. Mm -hmm. um, That's a lot of love. It's a lot. <laughs> so one of the concepts that we're, we talk, we're going to talk a lot about communication as one of our um, major key points of this, but the other point that we're going to be talking about is going to be called social capital, which is the amount of energy that you spend on working with other human beings and how much energy they spend on you. Um, part, of, part of building strong relationships, friendships, and good social communities is understanding how we spend social capital and how we spend it wisely so that we can not overwhelm or overexert people so that they're not able to participate in the community. Right, and also so that you are not so exhausted yourself that you cannot, that you are unable to continue to engage in a way that is comfortable for you. So it's a, that's one of the things about etiquette is that it does go back and forth. Like a lot of what we do, um, I think one of the things I love about what we do, mm -hmm. the improv, mm -hmm. um, is that it is always an exchange and a shared experience. And that's etiquette too. Mm -hmm. it, there's a shared experience. So, you know, you look at the old books, even the modern books, it talks a lot about, oh, and you should reply with thank you notes. When you should call, when, when you need to return an electronic mail through the etherwebs. We still like actual written notes, don't we? I mean... All right! When, it's, when appropriate. It's true, it's not always appropriate. I mean, you can't leave an, a written message every time you receive a text. Hello, darling. Don't you look a treat. Um, so that is an exchange, too. And all of those minutiae, all of those specific rules telling you how many weeks, days, hours, minutes... The, the, when, when the time clock has been started. It's really about the underlying stratagem of maintaining your own social capital, social capital, but also continuing that stream of welcoming. So it could be very nitpicky with the, the little sniggly bits, but if you kind of are thinking of this broader underlying topic, A more like superstructure. I think you are always able to maintain a cordial, warm environment. So um, would you like to talk a little bit about the your take on social capital? Sure. So um, we can think about social capital in a number of different ways. Um, one of the primary ways that we can talk about is um, 
the way we can talk about it in the concept of convention because we're that's where we're at that's and that makes the do. most so sense many to of do. us and Absolutely. we'll talk about I'll take about two probably two examples of, of different instances where the social capital is at strained and we might need to look at how we're engaging with people so one of the primary ways is that social capital can become compromised is when someone is <coughs> overexerted so for example um, Let's say it's not me, but some other more popular, very, very popular steampunk um, celebrity is at the convention. And they have been been cornered every time they're trying to walk well, anywhere. Well, the gentleman robot. Right. Yes. So the gentleman robot has been, has been walking to get food. Two eight, it's two p.m. means that he was supposed to eat an hour ago. He's in a big yet. costume. It's beautiful. But he has to get to a location, be able to get the costume off in a pleasant way, and put it in a safe place while he eats food, which means that he has to get from point A to point B through his with through his adoring fans. Now, that is a lot of physical exertion that he is expending. Now, the gentleman robot and all celebrities are going to try to meet their needs of their of their fans because that's why most of the people here are doing these events. Not a lot of people can do these events for their full-time job. And lots of these people are doing it because they love their fans and they love the art and the um, the companionship and community involved with steampunk. But that means that the cost for them is very high because of the amount of social capital they're spending to be here, to be using their time and energy to make beautiful art for us, and uh, to engage with us to have good experiences with. So recognizing that while they're walking from point A to point B, they've indicated on multiple occasions that they are trying to get to lunch or dinner. Right, or if they or actively have a sandwich in, in their mouth. <laughs> that's a, like that, it's probably not the most appropriate time to ask them for a picture. It's probably not the most appropriate time to ask them for much anything because they're eating a sandwich. Unless you offer them a napkin. You're like, oh darling, your skirt is hiked up showing your sock garters and oh no, I said the word yeah. <laughs> and, and I think you need a serviette um, you know that's that's sort of kindness so it's so it's about what you're giving to the conversation so if you're asking for something from them you might want to wait until there's a time in which they have more social capital and energy to spend on that request yeah. Well, you could do a pass by, like, I love you, have a good day. And right, absolutely. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Give love and so, like, that's a perfectly, <laughs> that's, like, that's a perfectly acceptable thing. Absolutely. Within reason, obviously, sure. right? Because yeah. if, they're, if they're getting a person every five minutes, they're not going to eat that sandwich. No. They're going to have to say thank you every time they engage with someone. If, it's, if they are cultural people. So right, that, that's and, they, and, they're, and, and a lot of performers are required to be cordial to their audience. Well, I mean... They're encouraged to be cordial. <laughs> I, I mean, I... You may not know this. I used to work in the world of opera. Mm-hmm. Which was an excellent training ground on cordiality. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a thing, you know, who knows who Kathleen Battle is? Anyone? Yeah, all right, good. <laughs> Kathleen Battle, for those who don't know, was... Was... 
underline that past tense, <laughs> was one of the preeminent sopranos of her age. Of Possibly course she was a soprano. Mm. Of course. Of course she was. She is actually quite a brilliant talent. She's still in her singing years. She was banned from the Metropolitan Opera for not being cordial. Mm. So there is a, a line, right, that you can get um, sort of penalised for. But in opera world, if, you know, and in certain worlds, you hear these terrible stories of people, like of Pavarotti, for instance, <laughs> would refuse to wear any costumes except for one in any show. The costume designer would design the entire array of costumes. He'd come in, he'd say, I like that one, the checked one, and they're like, that's it. So you're going to wear the checked one to sleep, to die, to go to dinner, to, to woo the lady. Yes, the checked one. And you could not argue with him. That is not a cultural exchange, right? That is not a it's nice... It's not It's not a nice exchange of the social capital because, for instance, all of those other artists are artists too, right? And they've expended a lot of energy. So here in our steampunk world, each of us is an artist. We are each of us expanding a lot of energy and love and time to create the art that we're sharing. And so no matter your, your notoriety, there's always a level of engagement, a give and take. And that's one of the things I love about our steampunk community. <laughs> but I think that gets to our topic of making this a warm and welcoming place, mm -hmm. is that there are people who come in who are new artists, mm -hmm. or they're very new to steampunk. For instance, you two <coughs> delightful ladies are new to steampunk. Yeah, welcome. You're here for the day. You have dressed up. You both look lovely. I love your scarf. It's very charming. Your chapeau is wonderful. You've taken the time and energy to be here with us today. I am very excited you're here. No, we're very excited. New people in steampunk is always a pleasant experience right. because they all bring some new view on the art being created and the new um, experience to everyone. So, no matter how new you are, or how long you've been in the community, there's still that opportunity to have the social exchange. And if, if one has been in the community for a while, and sees a new person, or a person who is maybe on the fringes, or looking uncomfortable, or looking curious, and maybe a bit like, Oh, um, not, not uh, anxious, that's the word. Or self-disparaging. That's the thing that I see most what? common. So self-disparaging about their own costumes. Right, oh, it's just me. If you, if you, if you have a person that you're working with who's like, well, I didn't really, I, like, if someone compliments their costume and they immediately respond with, well, I, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I don't know if I'm, I'm not very good at it. It's not very, I guess it's fine. The immediate response is always, <laughs> You look fantastic. Yes, you look because lovely. If you th if you felt like that before, you must feel more strongly if they feel bad about it. Absolutely, and and this is part of creating that broader, more welcoming community. Is as people who've been in the community, we have developed a bit more social capital, right? Mm -hmm. No, we have a we have, we have a little bit in the bank account, as it were, that we can expend to newcomers, to people who seem to be. A little shy or a little anxious or you know just like 
Oh, I'm very curious, but I'm wearing chinos and flip-flops <laughs> today. Is that right? Yes, you're clearly a beachcomber steampunk. Please <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a comment on that. Yes, you are wearing flip-flops. Please do be careful of the campus. Oh, yeah, oh. that's very dangerous here. Yeah. Let's not wear flip-flops, like, on this particular venue. At this venue, flip-flops are hard and dangerous. Okay, they're wearing chucks. They're wearing green. Chucks. <laughs> chucks. Oh, yeah, chucks it's, are lovely. They're totally capable, just steampunk-friendly, just not oh, too soft. Yes, do you have a question, Doc? May I share an anecdote? Yes, of course. When I was 
Yeah, sure. I was attending San Diego Comic Con as a press person, so I'm trying to be professional. I'm wearing a nerd t-shirt and jeans and just trying to be cool and low-key and report. Yes. But, uh, look at who I am. That's not who I am. So, Saturday's the big dress-up day at Comic Con, so I was like, well, it won't hurt if I just sort of add. And I'd seen Firefly, and I'd seen people, and I don't know. So I had this skirt that was from the mall, and it was lacy and brown, and then I had a sort of a tuxedo top, and a western hat, that's my sharpshooter hat, it's a western hat I've had since college, and I was like, I don't know, and I ran to a vendor and bought a pair of goggles and a belt. So I was like, okay, I kind of fit in. And I'm just kind of walking around, like, sort of fitting in. And Comic Con, there's a bazillion different cosplays. And people are like, where are you from? Where are you from? I'm like, I'm just, uh, uh, let me take a picture. <laughs> and, and then finally, all these people are like, are you going to meet up? Are you going to meet up? Are you going to meet up? And I was like, what meet up? The Steampunk meet up. What's that? Uh, okay. And so they dragged me to the meet up, which is, you know, a couple hundred people in full regalia from all over everywhere. And they're all like, oh, hello. And they were so lovely. And just everything was amazing. And I've never seen such a conglomeration. And it was just love. And I was like, but it's just mall clothes. And I'm not anything. And, and you know, you were speaking to the, but I don't deserve to be here because I'm not doing anything. I didn't even know what I was doing. But it was just, and how did you do that? And how did you do that? And here I am. Mm-hmm. Here's <laughs> how long ago was that? Here you are. Uh, 2010. With, with holes and everything. Beautiful. <laughs> Yes, madam. Do people adopt a Some people do. Some. So there's no requirements, right? I think one of the lovely things to know, especially as a newcomer, it's also maybe an intimidating thing to know, is that there's no handbook. We, we have neither Miss Manners to guide us, nor has Tesla actually written an introductory. So... It is what you make of it. You may choose to do a persona. You may have a persona thrust upon you. We tend to. Why who would do that? We tend to. Okay, so we have this problem. Um, so we run the tea dueling events every year, and we have this reoccurring. <laughs> it's not really a problem, but it's more of a like reoccurring theme where a we habit. give someone a moniker that becomes their like entire steampunk persona. It's so great. Sometimes monikers stick, like the lemon pirates. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just that though. Lemon pirates, dark horse, the sharpshooter. The judge. The judge. The engineer. The engineer. The the Texas Texas terror. Mr. Octopus. The the whisperer. Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. The Prussian. The 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 biscuit shamer. I. The biscuit whisperer. The biscuit. The lemon shamer. Lemon shamer. We don't have a biscuit shamer yet. No, that would be hard though. But the biscuit shamer suggests that they're not very good at tea doing. Sometimes there's biscuits on cheeky. Anyway, so we do. We do occasionally give people nicknames while they tea duel, but also my own name was a gift to me from friends. And so but I made my own. Yes, you did. So you, and you came, you came forth with the most creative, delightful backstory. We won't get into it right now because we're, no, we'll we're get, all very silly. We'll get on a tangent. But there's not a necessity of, of choosing a persona. However, that brings us to a really good point of etiquette introductions and meeting people, right? Because we're like, oh, you should you should go talk to people. You should go approach these people. How should you approach these people? Well, I don't think it should be like, 
very rudely. No, no, let, let's me give you an example of what might No, be... we're going to, I have a... Oh. Okay. All right, you do it. Oh, he's buffing his nails. Okay, so I have, a, as we all can tell, I have a very effeminate voice. I'm okay with that, I live my life. Um, I use male pronouns, he, she, um, uh, he, his. But when I'm speaking to individuals on the telephone, um, as is my job, the reoccurring theme is, you're a very nice lady. <laughs> Thank you very much, Gwen. <laughs> so, I, in general, am polite and try to like either not mention that they've not heard me correctly and are misinterpreting my gender, or if they really make a point of it, just telling them. But in this singular instance, I have called a person on a business call for a business reason, because I'm working on business. And I've called them and I'm like, hello, this is Glenn. I'm reaching out to you regarding blah, 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 blah. And they're like, you indicate that you need assistance with this problem and I'm going to assist you. And they were like, Glenn, I thought you were a man. <laughs> That's what I thought from your emails. And I said, well, I am a man. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> and they were like, that's not possible. <laughs> There's so much to unpack about this experience. <laughs> First of all, I feel like I should buy you a lot of tea. Yeah. No, no. This Do is... I need to track them down with my tea pot? <laughs> just, so just so we're clear. Um, they did not get what they wanted from me. <laughs> and that was their, not him. And basically, at that point, you have burned your social capital with me, burned the bridges. And as the man who has control of whether or not I can do concessions and, con and considerations for your loss and dignity, mm, I think we found that we have run out of compassion. <laughs> so, but this comes to several good points. This was a really good example. You're welcome. I was going to use something much more lame, honestly. <laughs> that was good. Terrible, but good example. Um, Point introduction, I personally find it very useful to introduce myself first. So I'm going to use you an example. Do you mind? All right. Hello, I'm Madame Askew. How nice to meet you. And who are you? Oh, thank you. Oh, you are How Darts Will Travel. Wild Wire, Paladin West. Uh, you're from Upper Canada. Oh, I'm very fond of Can Can Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I call it, call it Canada, but only with people I know better. I mean it in a charming way. Uh, and what is your name? Oh, on the, oh, oh, you you are half darts. No. Will. I see Wire Paladin West. Is that your name? Oh my heavens! Oh, I am so sorry. Thank you for clarifying that. I very much appreciate that because sometimes I am easily confused by things like words and on paper and names. And I thought that was a description that you you did wires as a paladin in the West. 
But no, I know, Mr. West. What a pleasure to meet you. And Brytown in Upper Canada. Did I say that right? Brytown. Brytown, there's no R. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Paladin West, yes. Paladin West. Well, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Now, do you want to talk yes. about what I did? Yes. Okay. So, one of the key features of what the conversation included was first, she tried to she identified herself first to make it clear about what um she made it clear who she was. She provided insight onto herself, um, making herself more available as the first step. Second, when she was unclear about where um, their name was on the, on the sheet that was handed to her, she asked for clarification rather than just making an assumption about what was actually handed to her. Once she completed reading it, she made sure that she'd said it correctly by asking if she was pronouncing it correctly so that, so that he did not have to correct her himself. Then, she, um, when she completed the conversation, she indicated that, that she was glad that she got heard from him and that she had pronounced his name correctly and that meeting him was a pleasure. Those are all key indicators of having a good first impression on a stranger. And a couple of other things I will note is that I went in for a handshake rather than a hug or a kiss or anything more um, affectionate or touchy. Now, I am delighted to kiss all of you because I am a cheeky minx and I will hug you all also. However, upon introduction, when I have not met you, I'm not going to just suppose and assume that you are going to be comfortable with that. So one of my favorite maneuvers is to go in with my hand outstretched first. If they meet me, great. If not, then, then I, I'm, I gesticulate like a mad woman, so I just like, play it off. But not everyone likes to be touched. Maybe they have a cold. Maybe they have um, PTSD and being touched is uncomfortable for them. Maybe they're like, that's a lot of red and you're very loud. <laughs> that seems dangerous. <laughs> it's possible they're a bull and they're angry. That's true. In which case I try and dodge. Um, so I like to start with a handshake because that's a neutral. And you can warm up the handshake. Could you hold this for me? Yes. I'm going to use you again, Mr. West. So one of the ways, if the handshake is accepted and I want to warm it up, I grip the hand. I never crush anyone's hand. But I also do not have a limp Vicky hand. You also, you also make sure that you, you give a not so much, like, the person who should be able to end it is the person who didn't initiate it. Yes. So when I, so it's, I try to shake my hand. So I'm now shaking your hands, and now I initiated the handshake, so I disconnect. But, 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 but you are able to pull away. Absolutely. Which is important. So the touch thing is important, right? Because we have different levels of comfort with touch, but we are a very friendly community. And so, I mean, you will see with people I have met a few times, with Brand Arbiter, we, we have known each other for eons. For eons in memorial. But, 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 but in... In the current in the current timeline, it's about five years. <laughs> five. Um, 
So four? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true, isn't it? And then plus one more. Yeah, no, right, you're right. It's five. It seems actually like quite a bit longer. Yes. Like but five years is an absurdly long time. It's all right, it's true. Anyway, um, sorry for the side, but with those I'm close to, I have an understanding of, of where we're at. Are we huggers? Are we like... Do we cut a laugh when we drink tea because we're just cuddly friends? But with someone I haven't met, I like to start with a handshake and not just assume that a, a hug is welcome. That's a big thing, isn't it? Not just assuming. Mm-hmm. So as the person initiating an interaction and opening that social door and expending some social capital, one of your tenets tasks and one of your sort of emotional labors is not to make assumptions Mm -hmm. about the person you're meeting and that is assumptions about name, Mm -hmm. assumptions about where someone comes from, assumptions about age, I'm 137 by the by, not a day over, not no matter what day of the week it is, (laughs) always exactly 137. Um, not about their gender. So sometimes people are very clear. I'm one of those people. I give a lot of clues about how I identify. <laughs> There's a lot of gender singling. Gender singling. Yes. It's rogue. It's rogue So I do give off a lot of signals and. Most people do, but not everyone does. So when someone isn't signaling, maybe they don't choose to signal. Maybe they're deciding what they want to signal. Maybe they're doing a crossplay, which is really fun. But I'm, I am 137, so here's the thing. The young people love the animes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know <laughs> I'm not sure where you're going with this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just roll with me. Sometimes okay. they're androgynous. Yeah, sometimes they're kind of androgynous, and I cannot read the character. If you know the anime and you know the character, you know what they're signaling. The person playing that character. If you are old like me. And you do not watch the animes, you have missed the cues. When I make a mistake in that case, which happens, do you know what I do? I apologize. It's very simple. <laughs> um, do we talk about apology? Yeah, do you want to do the apologies? Yeah. Because I'm happy to do that, but you're so good. Nice. So, well, it's because I make many mistakes in terms of social phone <laughs> regular. Yeah, well, I make loud red mistakes all the time. <laughs> um, so apologies should be short, sweet, to the point. It should never be about you or alleviating your discomfort or embarrassment. They should be focused on making sure the other person knows that you didn't intend to hurt their feelings and that you will not do the thing again. And this is, this is a very, this is again about the social capital. So when you have made a mistake. You are the person on the phone. I am the person who misgendered you okay. on the phone. In this instance. So the appropriate response might be something along the lines of, no, actually I'm a man. Oh dear, I apologize. 
No problem. Now let me get to this issue of your money that you so desperately want. Thank you, sir. I would very much appreciate that. Um, we didn't focus on the issue. It wasn't... Here, I'll do what is important. You're doing it poorly. Oh, right. Yeah, let's do it poorly. Okay. Right. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. I try so hard, but gender is just... It's so confusing, and I just don't know. Oh, can you ever forgive me? I just don't know about... What is what is that? Here's the tissues. Stop. <laughs> 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 I'm so embarrassed. I know. <laughs> so, but but when when one makes a mistake, as I know I make many every day, it's very easy because I'm I'm human. The Grand Arbiter is. A chaotic demigod, so he makes fewer. But like, they're still like they're, they're not they're not they're just bigger. They're just I make the same number. They're just different. Oh, they're different. They're on a more universal, supernatural scale. Yes. All right. Um, but you know the thing is that I have I have not really I've expended social capital, but in a way where it's lost. It's in a deficit. Right? It's not being reciprocated in return. That's a nice thing. When you expend social capital, you get social capital back because you're having an equal warm exchange. But if you make a mistake, there's this opportunity to go into the black hole of doom uh, in etiquette senses. To either... To go um, emotionally bankrupt. Yes. <laughs> to either... Give that kind of apology that we just witnessed, which will dig your hole so deep, so deep, or worse, yes, there's worse, to deny the accidents, to deny the mistake, to claim... To gaslight everyone into your living. Yes, and then you are just gaslighting your way into, like... Yeah, that ter- that wonderful, terrible movie, The Black Hole from like the sixties, where the evil mad scientist is like, "No, we're going into the black hole. I don't care that you're all telling me I'm mad. <laughs> I won't apologize. We're going in." That was My a beautiful weird Disney movie. I know it was very weird, but I loved the technology. No, no, no. I did not understand the plot of that movie whatsoever, but it was formative. light a torch and lead yourself out of the hole and and magnify the positive and increase the connection and the warmth or you could be the mad scientist on the black hole and go madly into the deep self-immolate yes self-immolate yes. I, I prefer the first option to the immolation so let me just check our time oh yeah no timing 11.38 okay, oh good so we're doing oh. well so we're doing scars. It does. So um, we're we're not running out of things to talk about, but we also want to make sure that people have, if they have specific concerns, questions, experiences, comments. Oh yes, So every time you remove someone from your life, it always has a cost, and that's the cost of like. I love being an inviting person and inviting people into my friendship circles and inviting them to be part of my life. But part of the expectation is that at some point they may not want to be in my life anymore. And I have to sort of plan 
not plan for escape routes because that's not really an accurate experience, but contingencies for my relationships in the same way that you would plan for contingencies in any kind of relationship. You want to make sure that you you can't guarantee that someone is always going to be there for you in the way that you expect them to be because things change. People have crises. People lose family members or lose their structures that they previously held very dear. People fall into addictions or unhealthy habits. People be become toxic in to you specifically and they don't treat you with the kind of respect that you so rightly deserve. And in those instances, you have to make decisions about what makes your best interest reflect positively by doing the least damage as possible to the other person. Because ultimately, you don't want to Compound. Well, here's the thing that I would say is that when you do a spite, when you hurt another person, you are still spending social capital on that person. It's just doing it in a very inefficient way. So when you spread rumors or or when you actively accost someone and, and engage with them, that is not going to be valuable to you or to them or to anyone. You are digging your way into the black hole. Yeah, at that point, the black hole is calling you. Yeah. And the best course of action in general for these kinds of things is to try to find ways to mitigate damage. I would like to address part of what you said. I promise to be good. Um, That's fine. So, so one of the things the Arbiter is alluding to is something called the social cut direct. And it was called that in the 19th century and probably into the 20th century, but it's sort of, we don't use that term in, in modern life as much, and it's not something people acknowledge as much, but it's very powerful and can be very painful. Now, sometimes bullies use the social cut direct for those that they think are different from them, or new, or not worthy. You know, you see gatekeepers in communities decide that they can use that. Now, we are very fortunate in steampunk that gatekeeping is not really part of our experience. Not to say that there aren't cheeky devils out there who are unfortunate souls who have gone into the black hole, but that by and large, the majority of people really want to be tour guides and welcome you into the adventure. So that's not usually what happens. But if someone has been so extraordinarily cruel or mean or vicious or unkind or done something... Truly horrendous. And you cannot abide them, then the social cut direct can be a... a it's very firm, but it is also neutral in that you have said nothing you have not engaged in any negative behavior. You simply stop acknowledging that person. However, it is extraordinarily powerful thing to do. I'm getting goosebumps. Um, it's you, you're, you're, you're holding the weapon in your hand. It's the, it's, it's, it's the nuclear option. It's the most powerful, one of the most powerful tools you have in your, your etiquette arsenal, as it were, for it's, friendship building, yeah. because at this point, you are nuking a relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and there could be fallout, but the thing to remember, I, I feel very strongly about this in myself, and I encourage all of you to consider carefully and wisely making that maneuver, because it is so easy to slide 
from protecting yourself into being a bully. It is a razor-thin decision. Because at the point that you've made the decision that you're willing to cut out one person, you're willing to cut out other people. And not just for being cruel to you, but for being not what you want in your community. So, it, use that advisedly. However, one of the things I like is just to be Jane Austen. <laughs> so, when I have had an issue outside of steampunk, for instance, actually one of the strange things that happens to me and has happened to me since I was about this tall is that strangers like to touch my hair without ever being introduced to me. They, they like actually just come up randomly and touch my hair and pet it. And, and then they go on and I never meet them. Um, or they come up and they say other strange things about people with ginger hair. And, you know, I could, I could be salty, I could be snarky, I could be crass. I could be angry, I could, I am a ginger, I could personify the stereotypes of people with my hair colour. But instead, I like to kill with kindness and politeness. And there's a difference from being warm and welcoming and politely closing your door with flourish. And so, to me, this robe corset, um, to me, you can continue to be polite and cordial and have your door shut at the same time to someone who has petted your hair, for instance, you've never met. Oh, do you often pet people's hair? What a charming pastime for you. <laughs> Is it a hobby? <laughs> so, so, um, so that's sort of like the crux of our answer to your question. It's, it's actually a very complicated thing you're answering. I hope we gave you some useful tools. You can always approach us over tea. We know where you live. And the other part is just making sure that you're replenishing your capital that you have. If you have to spend capital to, to like, not necessarily repair, but to, like, you know, maintain your barriers and your borders. Because boundaries are an important framework of all relationships. And so if you have set up a boundary, though, that costs energy, making sure that you're going back to your community and, and, and getting some of that back. Making sure that you're reaching out to people and letting them know that you want to, you know, hang out and feel popular. <laughs> so, uh, we must be approaching the freckled hour. 11.49. We have a couple, three minutes for a couple more questions. Does anyone else have a question or comment? Any... So shooting them is out of the question? No. Well, <laughs> you do want them to come oh. back. It's only to wound. So the meaning around shooting someone, my darling, is that it's somewhat permanent. It's very permanent. It's hard to come back from that. And you are sort of getting on, again, the vessel into the black hole. It is a very charming vessel. It's exciting. It's full of wonderful technology. It's flamboyant. The uniforms were so lovely. And you want to make sure it's directed in the right way, because if you go down the wrong black hole, you're doing yourself injury. So when you shoot someone, you may go to prison, which is bad for you. And we would orange rather... Orange Oh, no, orange is terrible. It's yes. the new black. Uh, speaking yes, for the new folks who may feel like they don't have the Madame Askew 
bosom to approach someone and be like, oh, hello, I'm so and so because you feel shy or un. 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 It breaks the ice like nothing else. Bosom does break the ice. What I find in steampunk communities specifically is there's so many built in introductory ways like, I love the alien on your head. How did you make that? And then you begin the conversation and with a compliment, which makes them feel great and open to you, but you don't necessarily have to have your persona built. You know, you don't have to be. Also, in terms of like, of when you're doing compliments, be specific oh, and yes. exact. Oh, oh, you are. General but. compliments are not anyone's jam. No one wants to be like, this you're great. beautiful. That's like, I like basic. Okay, by no one likes, I mean it is not specific and tailored to a specific person, so it's harder to connect to people with just the words beautiful. Well, right. I mean, she loves a treat. That was a very lovely compliment. That's not specific. Yeah, very charming way to say. Holds a specific, specific, specific reference and article of person. So, like, you are looking quite devilish this evening. It's much more. You can always escalate your compliments from general to more specific. Yes. Yes, if I haven't met someone before and I'm just meeting them for the first time and they don't know who I am from the Black Hole to the Black Lagoon, I'm just some woman in red who's accosting them to say hello, then I find... I'm, I'm doing this because of the room corset, not because I'm tired. <laughs> I was just sitting like this all day. <laughs> I, I like to, to open with some warm rejoinder or compliment, but I will say... There's so many openings, is what I mean. In a steampunk there theory, there's are. so many things to look at and compliment and be interested Which is a wonderful entree, and so specific to our steampunk community, Newcomers do have a wonderful opportunity here because we are all choosing to show some piece of art. And it is always cricket to compliment one upon their art, whether it be their very fine chapeau, or the alien on their head, or their dashing set of boots. Uh -huh. Yeah, Mr. West, I'm looking at you and your boots. They're very I just, I think I can speak for Annie also that as newcomers, this is our first brush with steampunk ever, and it's wonderful. Yay. I feel very welcome. Well, welcome. Welcome. No, no welcome. 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 And Thank we you. hope to see you. We hope to see you at other TSF events. Absolutely. You will. And you will. Um, you, we can get you some information outside the room. I'd be happy to give you direction to our location on the interwebs. Um, we are probably about wrapping up. We are. Um, if you'd like, we have adorable prezies. So if you want to ask, we'll give you a little token. And then you can go vote for us. Okay. In the charity. We will vote for you. Vote for the Vote for the Kevin's Tea Girls. There's so many choices. Hey, Kevin's Tea Girls. Get your own panel. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story.
Thank you for listening.